Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Football today. Guess who's back roaring into week number one? What a huge slate of action on this Saturday. College football today brought to you by Bet DSI. I'm Joe Lisi with Rich Sermonello and Gabe Morenci. We're going to be with you for the next three hours, guys. I mean, Marquee action last night. We saw some games. Syracuse, Western Michigan, Stanford, San Diego State. I, I think we're poised for a great slate of action today, Rich. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're not uh, just easing into the 2018 season, are we? We're just jumping right into it. Great action. Renewal of Michigan, Notre Dame. First time in the last four years. Non-conference battle between Washington and Auburn. Huge game for the Pac-12. And we had some exciting action last night as well. And is Jim Harbaugh on the hot seat if he loses tonight, Gabe? Because you're sparking the Michigan jersey. They need to win tonight in South Bend. Yeah, I don't know if Harbaugh's uh, in the hot seat, but I know I'm in the hot uh, seat (laughs) sitting in the studio with you guys. Uh, But it's great uh, to be here. We had a great time last year. And... You know, there's a couple of uh, themes that we've heard all week. Um, who who losing is more devastating? Is it more devastating to Michigan? Is it more devastating to Notre Dame if they lose this football game? I don't like to look at it that way. I like to tip my cap to these programs that are actually willing to play somebody. Maybe Urban Meyer's suspension would mean something if they weren't 40-point favorites uh, today, right? Yeah. Or we see Wisconsin deciding to open up with Western uh, Kentucky, a cupcake uh, schedule. So props to Notre Dame and Michigan. Props to uh, Auburn and Washington, these teams, like us, that are willing to jump right into the pit. We don't need any preseason. We're ready to roll a big game. We'll have our pick for uh, Michigan-Notre Dame a little bit later on. Yeah, we're going to take you through the through the next three hours. We're going to give our analysis about the top 25 games, give our best bets, talk a little daily fantasy on DraftKings. We're going to be joined at 11.22 by BetDSI, the sports broker's uh, CEO and president, Kevin Todd. He'll get, join us, give us some takes about some of the big games, Miami, LSU, Washington State, Wyoming, and, of course, some of the other games today, Auburn and Washington as well. For me, the one game that stood out, though, that we didn't speak about, Utah State pushing Mark D'Antonio and the crew to the limit, 38-31. to They lost that matchup. Did have the ball with about a minute left to pull off the upset. Yeah. But is Michigan State overrated at this point in the season? You know, I think, I think one of the mistakes we make at this time of year is we tend to overrate the importance of week one or underrate in some cases. We saw some, you know, epic offensive performances. Nevada puts up 72 points last night, but it was against Portland State. So what do you take from week one? My take is Michigan State showed a lot of resiliency, number one. And number two, what I thought all along was Utah State has a lot of veteran talent. If you look at returning lettermen, returning starters, Utah State loaded with veterans coming back. And, by the way, Jordan Love, who looked great at the end of last season, the quarterback, 
played pretty well last night. So I think Utah State's going to be uh, kind of a fly in the ointment out of the Mountain West. Yeah, and you have to think, Gabe, I mean, was Michigan State possibly looking ahead to that September 8th matchup in Tempe against uh, Edwards and Arizona State? That could have been on their minds last night. Did they come out flat from a betting perspective in that ballgame? I'm almost with Rich here. I think Utah State, I think the Aggies are just that good uh, this year. Listen, the Aggies used to be a covering machine and a great program that flew under the radar. They were really hit by injuries. You know what they remind me of, guys? Northern Illinois, who we're going to get to. Northern Illinois was sort of the, the class of their conference, a physical smash-mouth football team. Utah State plays smash-mouth football. I think it was stylistically a good matchup for Utah State. I think Michigan State probably overlooked them a little bit and didn't really realize this isn't a paycheck uh, team that's coming in here. This is a physical football team, a very physical football team, uh, a disciplined football team. And who would have thought uh, that uh, Bryce Love wouldn't have put up the uh, the most uh, numbers for the players called Love uh, last night? But, you know, I'm very intrigued by the, the overreactions and underreactions or are who these teams, who we are, who they thought they were, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's yeah. hard to say. I'm not going to try to pull that one off again. Right. But specifically... We look at Colorado State. Hawaii looked great against Colorado State. Colorado State looks like it's going to be a long season for these guys uh, this year. We're going to find out. There was a ton of line movement um, since last week with the Hawaii and the Navy number. Point spread was 17 points, guys. It's down to 10 right now. We'll track all the line movement over the next couple hours as well for everybody. Yeah, that's the bailout game at 11 o'clock yeah, later The degenerate uh, special, guys, the bailout. <laughs> and, you know, it's the bailout. It's sort of like good news, bad news, right? You celebrate it. Let's have a drink. Oh, God, what a day at work. When you get home, Rich, you unloosen the tie. You know, we got to have a drink. You have a bad day. It's like, man, I better get get some money back on this Hawaii game. You have a good day. It's been great. Let's 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 go. So either way, we're all betting the Hawaii game tonight. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing for me when I look at Michigan State, Lewerke made plays when he had to. We'll see if he could do it on the road against uh, many. Great pay by and, uh, some, Felton some, Davis. Too. Yeah, that was Felton a, Davis. He was he was uh, covering like the top wide receivers in, in the country in, 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 and made a beautiful play. Unbelievable. To bail out that yeah, offense. we'll yeah. see. We'll see how it plays out in week number two. Let's turn our attention to a marquee battle in Atlanta. It is all. Auburn and Gus Malzahn taking on Chris Peterson and Washington. I mean, this is a make-it-or-break game for both teams. When you look at Auburn overall, I mean, the one thing that stands out for me uh, over since 2014, 11-13 on the road or on a neutral field site, that's a 468 winning percentage. But you look at their four losses last year, Rich, to Clemson, LSU, Georgia, and UCF. All on the road or on a neutral field site. This is their third straight game in the Mercedes-Benz yeah. Dome. Is third time a charm. I'm not so sure. I like Washington in this matchup. Yeah, I, I like Auburn. I, I have a feeling that I'm the exception <laughs> in this trio. I, I like Auburn. You know, the, I, I'm going to simplify it and say, take a really good SEC team versus a really good Pac-12 team. I'm going to take the SEC team. And, and I think it'll be close and competitive. I love Chris Peterson. I think Jake Browning will have a strong senior season, and I like Miles Gaskin. But for me, what it comes down to is I watched and rewatched and watched again last year's Fiesta Bowl between Washington and Penn State, and Washington got obliterated at the line of scrimmage. And yeah. I expect to see the same thing against Auburn. Auburn's defensive line doesn't get enough attention. We focus on Clemson, rightfully so, Ohio State. But Derek Brown and the boys up front for Auburn, I think they're going to chase down an immobile Jake Browning. It's going to be close. I think it'll be a great game, but I think Auburn wins it. Well, they're going to need to run the football. For me, the one thing that I look at in this ballgame, in 12 of their 14 games last year, they rushed for over 200. In, in four of 
their 14. They rushed for over 300. They were 4-0 in those games and won those four games by 28 points per game. But when you look at their losses last year, Gabe, I mean, in all four losses, they failed to rush for over 200 and lost those four games by 10 points per game. They're going to need to run the football today against a front seven, even though Rich mentioned they got obliterated by Penn State. They still only allowed 100 rushing yards to opposing offenses last year. 17 returning starters are for the Huskies. We talked briefly earlier about Notre Dame and Michigan and the pressure that's on both these programs. Let's be real. This might as well be a playoff game for the Washington Huskies today. And I'm with, I'm with Rich in the sense that we have an elite, uh, an elite SEC team taking on an elite Pac-12 team. A Pac-12 that went 1-8 and eight in bowl games last year. Uh, Washington Huskies are 0-3 since 2009. They've played the SEC three times. They've lost outright and failed to cover all three times. Auburn, 5-2, and two, uh, their last seven against the spread against the Pac-12. There's just too much of a discrepancy here. Uh, and, and Rich brought it up, that the bowl game. I mean, we talk about the game against Alabama a couple of years ago. I'm not going to hold that against them. It was a great accomplishment to get there. But then, you know, the bowl game last year. Anytime there's a big game, Browning hasn't really taken the team to the next level. Peterson's a great coach, 17 returning starters. They got Gaskin back. But, that, you know, that front seven that you talk about it with, with the Auburn Tigers, it's going to be a little much. Now, offensive line's got to be a concern here. And something interesting, really interesting here as well. Gus Miles on, guys, 0-6-1 against the spread the last seven times against non-SEC opponents. We saw they, they didn't get it done against uh, Central Florida on this exact field. I'm really, really looking forward to this football game. This is basically a playoff game, guys. Not so much for Auburn. Auburn wins the SEC. They're going to the playoffs. But, but for Washington, schedule, it is. Though. Gabe, look at that schedule of Auburn. I mean, they're, they're going to get no breaks in the no. SEC West. They have a brutal Listen, schedule. I think they're a little they bit overrated, guys, coming into the year, but, to be but, honest. But let's be honest. I think I mean, they're a little overrated, yeah. but I still think they beat Washington today. They, they, their offensive line allowed 36 sacks last year. Auburn. That's, yeah, Auburn. And yeah. the pressure is going to be on Jared Stidham to stretch this Washington defense vertically. No carry on. Johnson no, no, handed off to right Gary now either. Johnson or Cam Petway, they, both of those guys yeah. combined for 24 rushing touchdowns, close to 1,700 yards. So they're going to need that type of rushing. Cam Morton is not the same type of back like on Johnson to pound it between much the smaller. tackles. Yeah, much and when smaller you look back. at that loss to Georgia in the SEC championship game, they shut down the run. They forced Stidham to beat them over the top. And that's the matchup I think you watch to play out for if you're a Husky fan. Can Jared Stidham beat that secondary over the top? because they do have a significant speed advantage. Now, Trace McSorley was able to do that in the bowl game, but a little bit different type of personnel. Ryan Davis is not an elite wide receiver. He's a good wide receiver. Auburn doesn't play with a tight end like Penn State did. So it's a different type of scheme, and Auburn needs to run sideline to sideline in order to move the chains. That's the matchup I think you watch play out. That's why I like Washington and the better coach. In my opinion, since 2014, Gus Miles on 4-10 and 10 yeah. against top-ranked competition. This will be an embarrassment, actually. You know, we talked about all the pressure being on Washington, but how is this not an embarrassment for Auburn if they lose three consecutive games? In Atlanta. In Atlanta, yeah. in the yeah. in yeah. SEC country, backyard. in Georgia's backyard. Yeah. Alabama, Saban owns that building. Saban's won more games than the Atlanta Falcons have in that stadium, I think. 
You know, he, what is he, 13 and one or whatever? And, they, you know, this is recruiting wars, too, guys. Yeah. You're in the backyard there. Some kids thinking, damn, I ain't going to Auburn. They never win. I saw them three times in a row in my backyard. I never seen them win a game. Well, I'll piggyback off what you said, which I think was a very good point, and that is kudos to both of these programs because these are the games that college football fans want to see. These are the measuring yep. sticks. And if you walk out they deserve of here with credit, a w, So I don't want to pick on a team, oh, you're terrible. You're, you're done if you lose these games. Because that's, I agree. You got to tip your cap yep. to these guys. Yep. Yeah. It's going to come up to, to can they show? Great, it's a great, it's too. a great matchup. It's a great Contrasting styles, the speed of Auburn, the power of Washington. I love it. You could say what you want about the SEC playing FCS opponents later in the year, Rich. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, the, week one, SEC fears nobody. LSU, Miami. You, You're you right. Alabama, Louisville last year, and it Alabama, does anger Florida me State. watching Alabamas and Auburns of the world playing the Citadels in, in week ten and stuff. Yeah, I well, think that's ridiculous. Oh yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. But play a Sunbelt team at least. Yeah, but at least right? at least week one, you can say, especially when there's inconsistency. You're right. Lack it's an of exhibition cohe- game. Lack of yeah. cohesiveness. It's a preseason. That's why Alabama makes it to the college football playoff every year. I mean, because these week. You're one right. Games, if you look over the years, I remember. Remember my boy. Bernard Robinson throwing all the interceptions at Jerry's World against Alabama, one of these openers. Because I've heard Alabama haters, oh, they're opening up with Louisville. They don't want to play anybody. I'm like, dude, uh, they kicked the crap out of USC Lamar in an Jackson opener a couple of years they, ago, they right? They scheduled that. I mean, if Lamar Jackson yeah. was here in Louisville, I think a lot of a lot of people would be tuned in as opposed be to be interesting. What would his friend be? If Lamar Jackson's around. That's a great question. Yeah. He probably, and I don't uh, want to sound I, crazy I say, here, but listen, it's 24 say, points right now. I would say 11. I would say 16. Would you? I, yeah, I would yeah. say 16 just because of a defensive perspective. It's like you the price little... is right. I'm going to meet in the middle, 13 and a half. <laughs> well, we'll touch on that game. We'll touch on that game. Well, how much impact does Lamar Jackson have on our points for the college? Maybe 10, 14 right. points yeah. in reality. Most yeah. dynamic college player over the last couple of years. On a fast track? On a yeah, fast track? In, in the Citrus Ooh. Bowl in yeah. Orlando. I'm looking forward to this because I was in Las Vegas last week um, with uh, with Joe, uh, Richard. You, you got you to come down to Vegas and see his suits. He rolls out like the... He he rolls out his A game in Vegas, Don Johnson style, Miami Vice, nice you know cream uh, colors. I'm feeling, it. I'm feeling it. That's it. Week one, I broke broke out the powder blue. I'm feeling uh, I'm feeling good here. <laughs> so both of you love no Auburn. No, I wouldn't say love. That's not one of my best bets of the day. I like Auburn. I'm I lo- confident I in love Auburn Washington for today. today. I I do. I think they step up. I think better. You know what? I wanted to say like. I'm starting to fall in love with them. Well, Browning, yeah, Joe. The, the, I mean, more Joe, the more Joe loves Washington, I'm really it's getting It's SEC versus Pac-12, exactly. man. And, and you know what? It's not watched? a bowl game. It's not a meaningless bowl game against UCF. I well, they I were 1-8 really in eight bowl I mean, games last year to Pac-12. Who, who, who rushed for more touchdowns than Bryce Love last year? Anybody know? It's, well, maybe Miles Gaskin. Maybe. He did. Yeah, yeah but you know Over what? Uh, maybe maybe he was 21, facing Pac-12 21. defenses. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe SEC defenses are a slight bit better than Pac-12 well, we'll defenses. Speed kills. Speed does kill. We'll Watch see. I, I think Auburn's been hearing all offseason that people we'll think they're, they're a little bit overrated. I think they're going to come we'll out see. It's today. a 3.30 kick. It's on ABC. We'll turn our attention to the big one. I love this game. It's Michigan on the road in South Bend. Both teams since yeah. 2006 have struggled. They last played in 2014. Michigan has won six of the last nine. They've won those six games, Gabe, by 14.5 points per game. And you look at the three losses, 18.5 points per game. But I'm all in with Shea Patterson in this matchup. He's the difference maker for me, and more importantly, you look at the losses for Notre Dame. No McGlinchey, no Nelson, no Adams, no Brown, but it'll put a lot of pressure on Brandon Wimbush, who only completed 48% of his passes, to win this ballgame for Notre Dame at home. 
Yeah, uh, touchdown Jesus. I say touchdown Shazus tonight is what we'll be talking about. Touchdown Jeebus tonight. I, I, I think it comes down to Shea Patterson, but I think, I think it comes down to Don Brown. Uh, Don Brown will not be putting a helmet or pads on. He's a defensive coordinator for Michigan. He's got a lot that of talent to work defense with. defense is phenomenal. Led the country last year in pass defense. Every one of those defensive backs are back. Also brought back a starter from Utah, KCUs. They are loaded. I'm not a believer in Brandon Wimbush. I think he's a one-dimensional quarterback. I don't think he has elevated as much as people have said in the offseason. Michigan defense, better quarterback in Shea Patterson. I think the Wolverines go on the road and get a huge relief victory for Jim Harbaugh. I agree with you. One thing about Michigan in their five losses last year, Gabe, they only completed 48% of their passes, 938 yards, one touchdown, and six interceptions. And more importantly, that offense only averaged 87 rushing yards per game. They became one-dimensional. But I look, the way you beat Notre Dame, guys, is you have to challenge that secondary. Mike Elko is not there. They allowed 212 passing yards per game. All signs point to a double-digit win for me. Last year, the Michigan Wolverines, guys, their quarterbacks threw for a combined nine touchdown passes, their lowest output since 1975. Wow. When we come back, we'll pick it up. We'll pick it up. Notre Dame and Michigan. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, Gabe Morenci, right here from Studio 34. Like a great pass rusher, the Roto Experts will help you sack your fantasy football competition. When you register for their exclusive Edge Fantasy Package, you get a cheat sheet generator plus a player database with sortable projections and rankings from the best in the business. And you can join the fantasy conversation in the 24-7 Slack chat channel. Visit rotoexperts.com to register for the exclusive Edge Fantasy Package and enter the promo code FNTSY and you get a 10% discount. That's the rotoexperts.com exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package promo code FNTSY. Back on college football today, powered by Bet DSI, Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, Gabe Morenci. We'll pick it up from where we left off. Notre Dame, Michigan. Rich and I both love Michigan in this battle. I think Michigan wins this ballgame. No joke, 13 to 17 points. Their ability to pass the football on first and second downs will open up the running lanes for Higdon and the uh, backs for Michigan. And I just don't think Notre Dame has the type of personnel to keep up in this ballgame. You know, you guys were talking about Wimbush and the fact that he completed, what, 48, 49% of his, uh, his passes last year. And that was with two NFL first-round draft picks uh, protecting him right uh, in front of him. What's really intriguing to me about this football game, we talked earlier about the pressure that's on on Harbaugh and not winning big games, one and four uh, against uh, state, uh, both states, Michigan State, et cetera. As a lifelong Michigan fan, this is a big game. I grew up, one, you know, I got goosebumps right now. One of my favorite, probably one of my, uh, my favorite college football memories is Gary Moeller, of all coaches, <laughs> going for it. It was like a... John Vaughn, the running back it was back like, then? Yeah, I love John Vaughn. We're going old school now. <laughs> But it was Elvis Gerback, and it was like fourth and one at Notre Dame. It was uh, against Notre Dame, and they threw into the end zone. Notre Dame stacked the box. Of course, I'll remember the game. I'm old. Elvis Gerback's first high school game. Uh, first uh, game out of Cleveland in high school in Desmond Howard. It was the game that uh, Rocket Ishmael returned two kicks. And they asked Bo Schembechler after, would you kick it to him the second time for it? 
He goes, we hadn't had a, someone return a kick on me in 14 years. You think I, you think I thought it was going to happen twice? So where I'm going, this is a great rivalry. This will be a signature win for Harbaugh if he can get it. There's a lot at stake here. From a football standpoint, you brought it up. Uh, you both brought it up eloquently. We talked about that Michigan defense, fourth best defense in the country last year. It'll be even better this year. Gary's going to be a monster. They just produced studs in the defensive backfield. The offensive line is the only little concern. There's a lot of pressure on Shea Patterson. He's, you know, he's deemed the savior. And, hey, I was just happy we had McCaffrey coming in here. But Patterson even better. But what I like about this game, guys, and Michigan is nobody knows. What's Michigan's offense going to look like? I don't know. What, what are they doing? Are they going to do zone read options? Everybody's saying, oh, he's his own read option quarterback. Now he's going to be playing in an NFL set. Last time I checked, Harbaugh went to a Super Bowl with his own read option quarterback. Yeah, but he's not as mobile as Kaepernick was with San Francisco. No, no. But I'll no. say this. I'll say this about Notre Dame. They rushed for 269 rushing yards per game last year, Rich. In all, in seven games, they rushed for over 300. They won all seven games by 26.7 points per game. You look at Michigan's front seven with Gary and Winovich there, they only allowed 128 rushing yards per game. If, if Patterson jumps up early and forces Notre Dame to play from behind, that goes right into the strength yeah. of Michigan's defense. They can get after him. Opposing well, got no Josh Adams. Yeah. Josh Adams is gone. Brown's the gone. Notre Dame running back. Equinemius is right. gone as well. You lose the two top offensive linemen. And, you know, we didn't even mention Devin Bush right. on the second level. I mean, Devin Bush Long is in like the a secondary. guided missile on defense, Winovich, Rashawn Gary. I, I think we're in agreement. I, this is not just a pick for me. This is a best bet. Yeah. I believe that strongly. You know what? Tony Miller agreement. at the Golden Nugget, which we were last week, when, when Tony Miller released uh, the, the opening numbers, Notre Dame were like six-point favorites yeah, in were. this football game. Seven-point favorites. It's been bet all the way down where Michigan. It's been bouncing around, guys. It's gonna it's essentially going to close it to pick them. The only thing that worries me, I, I haven't really heard too many people tell me, you know what, I love Notre Dame in this game. I'm betting Notre Dame. And as we know... Yeah. You you'll know, get the we in the public are often you'll, wrong. You'll, you'll it get, worries me. You'll get the backers for Notre Dame. The the one concern if you're Notre Dame is if Brandon Wimbush struggles, does Ian Book come in like he did yeah, against I mean, LSU? Ian Book is no, a Mar- just, he's a I journeyman. agree with you. No, I'm I agree marginal. with you. As but a Michigan he's a better, better, I hope he does. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but he, was, exactly. He, he led the victory over LSU, and I think when you look at the line movement overall, to get that victory in the Citrus Bowl last year against an SEC opponent – is probably why Notre Dame possibly opened as a seven-point favorite in that matchup by Tony Miller and a lot of the books out in Vegas. I'll say this about the strength of Michigan's defense as well. 26% on third-down conversions, holding opposing offenses. If you cannot run the football on first and second down and you put Brandon Winbush into third-down and long situations... That's a recipe for That's exactly what Georgia did in that ballgame when they won 20-19. to He could not convert on those type of situations, and that's why they won. More live movement, guys, just quickly on this football game. We've been talking about it bouncing around all week. Suddenly, the Michigan Wolverines are now two-point favorites in this football game. I think people are listening to us, our conversation right now. Uh, The total, quickly on the total, 46. Pretty low for a college football game. Yet, I am expecting a lower-scoring game. I'd be surprised if they got into the 50s tonight. Yeah, we'll see. We'll turn our attention to another marquee battle. It's in Arlington. It's Sunday night. Mark Richt in Miami, 10-3 and last year. Play Ed Ogeron in LSU, lost four games last year, nine and four, a lot of pressure. Joe Burrow does come over from Ohio State. He'll get the start in this ball game. This is a very tough spot for LSU, but I think the physicality on the offense and defensive lines 
for the Tigers is the difference. When you look at Miami guys last year, 3-1 and one on the road or on the neutral field side against teams like Duke, North Carolina, Pittsburgh, Florida State. Those teams were combined 17-21 and 21 overall, and Miami won those three games by only 11.3 points per game. Rich, they lost three straight at the end of the year to Pittsburgh, Clemson, and Wisconsin. This is a very physical front on both sides of the ball for LSU. Uh, disagree. Okay. Uh, the offensive line is horrendous. This we'll is see. a this could be a historically bad LSU offensive line. Struggled last year. Uh, no longer have the great backs in the backfield. No Leonard Fournette. No Darius Geis. They got a wide receiver from Texas Tech and Jonathan Giles. Giles. I'm very interested in seeing. But Joe Burrow in his first start for LSU. That offensive line is horrible, and, and that's why I like Miami in this game. I think it'll be low scoring. I think it'll be a physical alley fight type of a game. But LSU's offensive line is not physical. It is a horrible unit. They have suspensions. They They have defections. It's a marginal unit against a Miami team. Manny Diaz is going to step up the pressure, and I think that's where Miami wins this game. I don't like the Miami offense. I'm not a fan of Malik Rozier. That's why I'm still a little bit lukewarm on this pick. But that offensive line, that offense in general of LSU is going to struggle against Miami. I disagree, and I understand why LSU is a dog here. They lost 76% of the rushing yards production with Geis, and uh, you look at Darrell Williams moving on, and 80% of the rushing touchdowns from last year. But Edwards, Hilar, Brosset, I, I, I like them here. And more importantly, Rich, here's the matchup. Malik Rozier going up against that LSU secondary that only gave up 187 passing yards per game. This is a Miami offense that only converted 29% on third downs. He's going up against a veteran secondary led by Greedy yeah. Williams. That's the matchup that I watch. And let's be honest. I mean, not a lot of game film on Joe Burrow. I, I agree with you 100%. He hasn't started a game. But if LSU can jump up early and force the game on Malik Rozier and that offense, I think they got a shot here. And Miami also has the more proven running back uh, in in Travis Homer, Homer, who played well last year in replace of Mark Walton. Uh, I don't like either offense. Uh, To me, this game comes down to the wide receivers. Jonathan Giles on LSU, Amon Richards of Miami. If one of those guys can pop a big play, stretch the defense, get that 65, 70-yarder to kind of open up, I I think drives are going to be long. They're going to be it's going to be an ugly game. It's like a twenty-one. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be a twenty-one sixteen. It's going to be an uglier game. It's going to be a track game. meet, but there's no Berrios. You think it'll be? A track I, I don't game. see how it turns no, into a track how, meet, how, Joe. Herndon and no Berrios. Because I think LSU speed. I think you're. I think you're. You're not giving LSU. Barrios. Barrios not being there. He was the third I mean, down magician, right? Both of those well, Rozier. Guys. But Rozier is a little Herndon, inconsistent. He didn't play at the end of the year last year. Both of those Barrios and Herndon combined for ninety-five receptions. Close to 13 receivers. Guys, LSU lost 14 starters. And and, and Rich. But it's LSU. It's out, yeah, but how it's since when is LSU? Exactly, Joe. Yes. It's LSU. When since when has LSU been anything? Well, this yeah. is the they're LSU merged, you know, that beat Auburn last year. Their win total was seven and a half. They beat Florida last year when Florida was supposedly good and came off back to back. Florida was awful. Well, this, these are two year, programs. Seventeen, sixteen, early on. Then McElwain left. These, Let's be honest. That was a that was a very critical game for LSU when they beat them in the swamp. LSU's last year. been average. These the are programs going in two completely different directions. Um. You know, the, the the guy that likes to eat chicken on a stick. <laughs> I like that chicken on a stick uh, down there. 
I think he's in a lot of trouble here. He's a nice guy. A he's a pressure. decent recruiter. He can't la- win Eddie football games. Last year. He can't yeah. beat teams with winning records. Yeah. Mark Richt is an elite football coach, guys. All right? You know, he, he got pushed out of, out, out of Athens. He's an elite football coach. He's done a great job recruiting. Listen, I used to bet against the Hurricanes last year. I thought they were overrated, and the point spread was a little bit much. I just don't see Joe Burrow. If Joe Burrow's not going in here in his first game and beating the Miami Hurricanes, in my opinion. All right, let me just say this. You know I'm a Georgia fan. Mark Richt from 2001 was a big game head coach. He, the reason why he's no longer coaching in Athens is because he failed to win the big game. This is a big game. And when you look at LSU's offense, I know that Geis and Williams aren't there. But the, from an offensive line perspective, they still rushed for over 200 in six games last year. They were 6-0. and and they won those whose six- players? Whose players that Kirby Smart went to the championship game with? It took him two Mark years. Richt. It took him two years, though. It took him two years. First, and, year and speaking of LSU, five. maybe Les Miles would look pretty good there right now, wouldn't he? Oh, winning, winning ten games you know, every year. You want to talk about coaches? I, right. I'm only believing in Ed Orgeron if somehow by Monday <laughs> night they're telling me that uh, he's the interim, or by by Sunday night he's the interim head I'm coach. Tell- I wouldn't That's bet on Ed Orgeron. I wouldn't bet on him if he was game. in the arena league. LSU wins this game by double digits. Oh, everybody's double digits today. Well, yeah, if you're going to lay three <laughs> points, you expecting them to win by four? I think it's going to be a close game. Who no, you, no. Artie Lang with lightning bets? You want to lay some lightning bets? Well, no, LSU, double-digit win? Let's gonna pay a five-point favorite and hope they win by six. I mean, who does that? If you're going to bet a team, you bet an underdog expecting to win. You lay a favorite. What's the line? Is this then a bet the money line. I'll give you the money line right now. The money line Miami's in this favorite. game is uh, LSU plus 141. Okay. You, you want it? You, yeah, you know, plus course. 141 yeah. for them to win a game. All right. Value. Yeah. See, plus to me, that's not enough value. I would rather get the three and a half points game? at 40 cents. Wait, you want to lay the wood? You want to lay the three points? I'll take the three points. No, I'll I'll la- I'd rather on. lay minus 160 on the money line. I think Miami Why beats them. Why would you them. lay one, minus 160 if you like Miami? I they, think they, it's going to be a low-scoring, so ugly game. Be, win by one? They're laying two and a half. It's three and a half. All right, three and a half. bouncing around. Lines going up? Yeah. Nobody likes LSU here. I love LSU today. I, I mean, right. tomorrow night. Tomorrow I night. do. All right, let's I'm move getting on. confused, too. I keep I know, saying Monday night. I know, I know. That Sunday. game Monday Sunday night. night. Yeah. Week turn one on, always has an odd turn on. Now, I love this Joe's game. getting all fired up I here, am. man. It's week one of college football. You're down in the mission. Who's yeah. winning by double digits <laughs> next? Yeah. <laughs> what do you got next? Rich, I'll lay the Ohio seven State's winning by double digits. I'm going out on a limb. That's my bull pick. Tin cup. He lays up with the soft one. Come on. All right, let's turn our attention. Ele- uh, Louisville and Alabama. Alabama hasn't lost a week one game in 16 straight years. They've won those 16 games by 24.8 points per game. But here comes Bobby Petrino and Jawan Pass, 24-point underdogs against Tua and Jalen Hurts. I love Louisville in the upset today. 35-31. Oh, Cardinals God get almighty. the win. Outright. Oh, outright. Someone call Plus a medic. 1,300 I think on the Joe was having a stroke on Plus the they legalize marijuana in, they in the state of New York? Joe was actually stroking out on the air as he <laughs> suggests that going to. Hey, never I use that Louisville. phrase again. Stroking out on the I air. I love Louisville today. <laughs> I do. Oh, it's good. Tell me why. I think you're. Well, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, yeah let, let's let's look at it. You look at the teams that challenge Alabama. Let's look to 2014. Kevin White and Clint Trickett, 26 and a half point underdogs. They challenged that Alabama defense vertically. They lost that game by 10 points. Had the football to win in a position to take the lead, and Clint Trickett couldn't make plays. So that's number one. You look at some of the other teams that Alabama has struggled with from a defensive perspective. Teams like Ole Miss and Chad Kelly, Clemson. You look at last year where Colorado State put up 23 points points on that defense 
I think Louisville has wide receivers. Jalen Smith is there. Fitzpatrick, Dawkins. That trio combined for 147 receptions, over 2,300 receiving yards, and 20 receiving touchdowns. The way you neutralize Alabama's defense is you run at them. Seam patterns, post patterns, dig patterns, so that they can't run sideline to sideline. And there's a mobile quarterback in Jawan Pass that was a four-star recruit. I think they get them into a high-scoring game and challenge them from the get-go. What happens if the Louisville offense never gets on the field? Because the Louisville defense is awful. So you, you get and a they are going game. to get destroyed at the point of attack. Okay. To me, all the talk in the offseason was Jalen and Tua, which, quite frankly, right. I've gotten tired of it. I, this, this is Tua's job, in my opinion. You have a veteran backup, which is great. This is a Damian Harris, Najee Harris. Oh, they're going to run the football. I mean, they're, they're going to run right through that defense. So I, I don't think, and I, I, I'm bullish on Puma Pass long term. I, I, I think any quarterback with Bobby Petrino tends to do a good job. But in week one, with an entire offseason for Nick Saban to prepare, I know they have a, a rebuilt secondary, but right. I think they'll rebuild very quickly. That front seven, those linebackers, Mac Wilson and Fernie Jennings, they are going to hunt down Puma. And I think this is going to be just another typical Alabama opener, 37-10, 38-13, something along that line. Well, here's the thing about their offense over the first uh, half of the season last year. They were 8-0, and they ran the football with Jalen Hurts, Gabe. 298 rushing yards per game. They won those eight games by 33.3 points per game. Over the last six games of the year, minus the Mercer dominating home win, that offense only averaged 170 rushing yards per game, and their margin of victory over those four FBS opponents was 10.5 points per game. So even though they won the national championship, it was a different offense at the end of the year. And when you look at the returning starters from an offensive perspective, Ruggs is there, Jerry Judy, both of those players only combined for 26 receiving receptions and eight receiving touchdowns. That's because Calvin Ridley was yeah, but there. Na- but, right, but now Ridley is not there, so one of those yeah, guys are going to be... In. You know how it works I in know, Alabama. Yeah, Gabe, well, take over, please. I'm- this game is really interesting, and I know Joe... Uh, and that's where I was going with Vegas at his great suit. He was buying nice suits because he called <laughs> Louisville outright. <laughs> all right, I wanted to close that suit store. And I'm standing. Well, I'm starting. Listen. listen, all summer I was, I was saying to myself, and this is something to hang our hat on. I'm here to give you guys some numbers and some trends. Uh, Coach Saban is one in twelve against the spread. One in twelve against the spread when laying more than twenty-one points against a non-conference opponent. He'd rather kick the crap out of Tennessee. He'd rather beat up Mississippi than he will a non-conference team when laying a boatload of points. Uh, and this is this is a great one as well, courtesy of Mark Lawrence and his playbook. Petrino has coached 176 college football games. He's only lost uh, by more than 24 points 14 times. So we, we have a lot of numbers. New coordinator with Alabama. So I was trying to talk, talk to new coordinators. I was trying to talk myself into... I can live with Louisville, and ironically enough, past guy's name's quarterback. Like, how cool is that, right? Uh, Alabama actually recruited this kid, so they know him well. Coach Saban knows him well. He wanted him to be uh, a Crimson Tide. So, 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 I, I think pass is going to be good. You know, the gambler in me wants to take the points. The, you know, the the guy that's watched Alabama kick the crap out of everybody yet. I think uh, I'm with Rich on this. You can talk about the quarterbacks all you want. You can talk about Taylor, uh, Jonathan Taylor with Wisconsin and Bryce Love, et cetera. Let's talk about Damian Harris because, you know, this kid is a monster running back uh, as well. 
I, I think it's going to be really close to the number. It's not a best bet. I mean, Come you're going to step you're up and make a play. Yeah, I mean, hey, listen, I'm giving a play here. Louisville plus the points. There you go. I'll give barely. You I'll, I'll give barely. You They're not winning outright, though, Joe. Backdoor cover. Here's, here's one more stat for Saban. No, no, Since we're going to squeeze. We're going to hold on. Since, uh, Alabama will be up. And they won't go for the jugular and everyone get mad. Then Jalen Hurts comes in. He's, he's going to come in with something Since to prove in the second Since 2007, half. Nick Saban, 7-1 and one against the ACC and has won those seven games by 21.1 points per game. So all. What about the Louisville defense? Can they? We'll can, see. Hold listen. that thought. When we come back, we'll be picking it up. Keep it where it is. Joe Lisi, Ritz Sermonello, and Gabe Morenci live from Studio 34. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back on college football today, powered by Bet DSI, Joe Lisi, Rizzo, Manello, Gabe Morenci. Mixing it up about some of the top 25 games later today. We're just getting started, uh, Joe. Yeah, breaking news, though, and I might be in trouble, but starting offensive tackle for Washington, Trey Adams did not make the trip for Atlanta. I don't care. I still like Washington. <laughs> but, Gabe, what's the recent uh, update with that line at Auburn-Washington uh, right now with Adams out? Well, I can tell you right now, um, the money just came in, ironically enough, on uh, North Carolina State against James Madison, just to uh, let what people know. Line on that? We cover everything. It went from game. 10 to 10 and a half. I don't know. I think people are buying into what Lisey's selling, Rich, well, right now. I'm worried. To say. That's I'm what. scared. I'm worried about the intelligence of our viewers uh, <laughs> right now. I'm like pain. Wide movement on Louisville. Down to uh, 23 and a half. Somebody nice. just bet on Louisville. Uh, significant to move the number okay. half a point um, out there uh, in the desert. Um, so money coming in here on Louisville. As far as, you know, not a lot of... Um, not a lot of uh, significant movement because of the fact that Adams uh, is out. They, you know, Johnny Q public doesn't really know and follow. You know, they only really know skill position players. Right now, actually, it's up a half a point. So we got Auburn up to two and a half right okay. now. All right, we'll see. A great game Monday night. I mean, it ends Labor Day. It's, it's Virginia yeah. Tech and Florida yeah. State. I'm really looking forward to this game. I mean, when you look at this matchup, you got Justin Fuente, uh, Josh Jackson at the quarterback position. Bud Foster. DeAndre Francois gets the start over James Blackman. Very intriguing. Uh, and when you look at Willie Taggart's first career Start and head coaching at Florida State. I know Bobby Bowden's been at campus all summer long trying to rejuvenate that program after Jimbo Fisher bolted for Texas A&M. But here's the thing. I like Virginia Tech in this ballgame. You look at Florida State, Rich, last year. Five of their six losses came within the ACC. They lost those five games by 12.4 points per game. I know you're going to say it's because Francois was hurt. Yep. But that defense with Derwin James, Sweat did not step up against some of the better teams on their schedule. 
I like the, the speed of Virginia Tech and, more importantly, the athleticism of Josh Jackson to put pressure on that defense Monday night. You know, I, I probably, like you, I love week one because you get this extended first week of college football action. Starts Thursday night, right. ends Monday night. And I, I think it'll be a great atmosphere in Tallahassee where Florida State is 6-0 and all-time against Virginia Tech. My concern here. I like Florida State. I don't love it. It's not one of my best bets, but I do like Florida State because I think DeAndre Francois, you're right, that's where I was going to go. Francois was ready for a breakout season last year before getting injured. I think he's a next-level quarterback with a next-level running back behind him in Cam Akers. Now, how does the offensive line do? That's a big concern. But in terms of Virginia Tech, Josh Jackson is inconsistent, showed that last year. And defensively, yeah, it's Bud Foster and Virginia Tech's always good defensively. They lost a lot of players. I mean, they really got hit hard. Mook Reynolds kicked off. Yeah, Mook Reynolds. Suspensions as well. Adonis Alexander leaves the program. So so the secondary, both Edmonds obviously are gone. So the secondary in particular, I think, is going to be vulnerable. I expect to see a big game from Francois. I, I see Florida State. 10, 11-point victory against Virginia Tech. I, would I be shocked if this yeah. was closer? No. Right. But I like Florida State. I'm going to take a full touchdown here, bit, guys. They're a bit of a wild card in the ACC. I, gotta take, I think they are a wild card in, in the ACC. And we're looking to be, as somebody that looks at against the number, against the spread, uh, Fuente is one of the best coaches. You know, he's 8-3 and three his last 11 trips as a, as a road underdog. Uh, and Taggart? I don't think I have to tell you guys this, but for the benefit of our viewers, Taggart's the only coach in the ACC with a career-losing record. I read an interview the other day, a piece uh, interviewing coaches uh, off the record, anonymous, overrated, underrated coaches. Taggart was voted the most overrated coach. They said, we don't know why this this guy keeps on getting the keys to these, these fast sports cars, and he really hasn't proven anything. They have a ton of talent. I'm not ready to lay the seven here either. I, I'm gonna, I, think, I'm, I like Jackson as well. I think he's going to be better this year. Um, I'm going to take the points in a close football game. I think this one comes down to the wire. Yeah, well, here's the thing I look at when I break this game down is can Josh Jackson get on the perimeter? You look at Florida State's defense last year. I mean, they allowed around 125 rushing yards per game, but against some of the better teams, Boston College. But they're an undisciplined team, Joe. Exactly. That's what bothers me about but FSU. Like they're undisciplined. But that's good if you're taking Virginia Tech. Here's yes. the thing. Against, yeah. against uh, Boston College, Clemson, and Louisville, Florida State allowed over 200 yards. They were 0-3 in those games. So that had nothing to do on the on the offensive side of the ball. It was that defensive front seven and those linebackers allowed over 200 yards rushing, and they lost those three games by 17 points per game. Josh Jackson is a mobile quarterback. He's a sophomore. He'll be better in the system this year with uh, Fuente's tutelage. And more importantly, let's be honest, I mean, he d- started fast week one last year against West Virginia. They had a good game plan in place. I'm not sold on Florida State being an elite team. I Not love defensively. Cam- no, but I, I, I love Cam Akers. Yeah. I love Cam Akers, yeah. but that's the MO for Florida State still, even with Francois back, because you lose Tate at the wide receiver position. Guys, this was an offense last year that rushed for over 200 in six games. They were 5-1 and one in those ball games and won those five games by 17.7 points per game, but oh, by the way, Virginia Tech did hold five opponents under 100 yards rushing last year. 5-0, and oh, and they won those five games by 30.5 points per game. So you got strength versus strength. I like Bud Foster. I like Justin Fuente, and I like the mobility 
of Josh Jackson, and that's why I'm calling for the upset. Little movement over at Bet DSI in this football game. Uh, Florida State now six and a half point uh, favorite. Here's so the thing, we'll too. have to buy that half point to make game. it seven. We saw Northwestern with a conference game, with a, a four months of preparation, go into West Lafayette and get the victory 31 to 27. If you're going to get Virginia Tech's best effort week one, it comes in Tallahassee with Willie Taggart. I mean, it's a conference game. They have to be up, even minus the suspensions. Yeah, I like Florida State. I, I think my bigger concern for Florida State, especially over the last couple of years, is where's the physicality on defense? You brought it up, Joe. Last year they struggled they defensively. Quit last year, Rich. And they... I don't see a lot of star power. Brian Burns, the defensive end, I think has a breakout junior season. Right. I think he heads off to the NFL after this year. I think he racks up double-digit sacks. But defensively, uh, this is not a team that's put on a lot of pressure. Uh, they let the team down last year when they lost the quarterback. So uh, I like Florida State slightly. It seems like you guys are on Virginia Tech. It's tough for kids to you talk about their, their willpower in the trenches last year. Tough for kids to sell out for a university when the coach is secretly plotting to yeah. leave, right? Oh, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard, you know, yeah. and, and you can't expect 18, 19-year-old That's old what kids. I wonder about the Maryland game today, guys. Well, we're going to get to that. Hold that thought. Yeah. We're going to get to it. Let's, what are these kids going to give? Exactly. Let's move on, though. Great game in Charlotte. West Virginia. Yes, I'm fired up for this uh, against one. Rocky Top, Jeremy Pruitt, new head coach in Knoxville, taking over a program that was 0-8 in SEC play last year, 4-8 overall. We do get color Chris, the former Stanford standout, that does come over, he'll start today. And you get Madre London from Michigan State, former running back, that should add some infusion to an offense that only averaged 19.8 points per game. I love the passing attack of Will Greer. 34 touchdown passes last year. I think he forces Tennessee into a high-scoring game. I love Did that against soft, love, soft Big 12 defenses. I don't, care. I don't care. West Virginia wins this ball game 17 points or more. You're a numbers today. guy, Joe, so uh, you know, you know everything off the top of your head. You don't even have to look this up. <laughs> How many yards uh, per clip did West Virginia give up on the run? 5.8, 6.2, and now They gave ball- up 200 rushing, 205 rushing yards per game. But how much with a lot? How about a lot? A lot. Wait, yeah, there's this? my professional <laughs> answer. They gave up a lot, all right? All right? A lot. Tennessee only averaged 117 rushing yards per game. They were an anemic offense. Will they not be more physical now with Pruitt? Yeah, it's it's going to take a couple can, of years. A couple of years, though. Different coach, and, and also the offensive line of, of Tennessee right. has been banged up the past couple of sure. years. Healthy this year. I think they'll run the ball better I'm concerned about that passing attack of West Virginia that would be my big concern because Tennessee's uh, defensive backfield was completely turned over they were completely remodeled I think they'll struggle not just Will Greer but obviously David Sills Gary Jennings they have a ton of options on the outside and Greer in my opinion is the best passer in the country the one player I like defensively for West Virginia David Long Uh, David Long the linebacker is fantastic I think now that he's healthy he'll have a big season he could have an all-American season I like West Virginia but you know, Tennessee is just a bit of an unknown right now. I just don't know what to expect from this team. As the year progresses, You're right. when we get into the second half of the year, you'll see more of that defensive physicality out of Jeremy Pruitt's team. But early on, yeah. I don't know. Is Chris I think he's underselling. I'm sorry. Is it Garantano or I think Chris? It's, I think it's Chris. Okay. I think it's Chris. But let me just say I think this. they're going Garantano, actually. Well, going. if they yeah. go Garantano, I wasn't sold I, I, that's that. I think. It could be, listen, um, it could be back and forth, Chris right? Was great. I heard Chris was great in the fall camp. That's why I'm not believing But my Garantano. deal is here, guys, do you really want to lay? It's nine and a half points at BetDSI right now. You yeah, want to lay? I would lay it. I'm going to simplify this. You want to lay nine and a half points yes. with a Big 12 team against yes. an SEC yeah, team? I'll tell you why. Here's the thing. You look at SEC from a front seven perspective. Worst rush 
rushing defense in the SEC last year. They allowed 251 rushing yards per game. They only gave up 160 passing yards per game because teams in the SEC pounded their front seven. They haven't faced an offensive attack like West Virginia up-tempo that's going to challenge them on each and every play, which will open up running lanes for Kennedy and McCoy later in that matchup. You're not going to be able to dress as well as you dress if you're laying double-digit points with Holgerson on a neutral field. field I I love the fact that it's on a neutral field. I do. uh, I'll take a better quarterback. Seven straight wins on neutral fields. That's great. Nine straight opening day wins. I think Pruitt's underselling. He's like, you know, Georgia Tech. I mean, and come one. on. Pruitt Barely. said they give a 500 rushing yards to a triple option team. Pruitt said, listen, you know, yeah, we got some pieces. We're a little further away than I thought. I think this guy's pulling a used car salesman bid. He's underselling. I think the balls are in the room frothing at the mouth right now saying we're double-digit underdogs to this, like, spread offense, candy-ass offense. Come on, man. I'm not laying nine and a half points. I know Tennessee are not a good football team. I know it's going to take a couple of years for Pruitt to turn this thing around, uh, but they still have talent, and I think they're – I just don't believe in West Virginia laying this amount of points. They're offensively challenged. They don't have an elite wide receiver. So so how are you going to beat West Virginia? You're going to have to run the football. Juwan Jennings? I mean, maybe not elite, but Juwan Jennings is – He's, back this yeah, year. he could catch yeah. a fall. He's a big wide receiver. Yeah, you, yeah. Could, you can match him up on nickelbacks and, and smaller defensive backs to create mismatch problems. But again, it comes down to the quarterback position. Inconsistent quarterback play. Even Keller Chris was not a quarterback that you say, wow, he, he could make every throw. He played within the system, and it was predicated off of running the football at Stanford and working off a of play action. If Tennessee cannot run the football consistently in this ballgame, they're going to be forced into third down and long situations. And let's be honest, this was an offense last year that only converted 30% on third downs and did give up 45 If you bet on Tennessee today, you're not going to need here, Joe. You're going to need Tennessee to create a couple of turnovers. You're going to need them to You're going to need them to create a couple of turnovers. Well, and give the, give the offense a short field I can't to work take with. That I would lay the ten points, guys. I mean, you're both on. Yeah, Tennessee. I'm laying. No, I'm 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 laying the points here too. I'm, I'm taking points as well. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm gotta, taking. I, you're taking. Taking. Right. Give me the Vols. Right. Makes me nervous when Gabe, Gabe's eyes are wide. Well, he's got a he's got a Vegas trend. He's got a Vegas trend. You had to see him at the Golden Nugget. He was he was hat on backwards. He was sporting a Culpepper jersey. I loved it. I was loved he it. was he humming like Eminem songs? I, yeah, I got a lot of cracks about my Raider Dante Culpepper uh, jersey. People oh. are like hey, you get that for free. <laughs> well, here's another battle. I. I, all in with Texas this year, guys. Texas and Maryland. They're I mean, a very trendy team, the Longhorns this year. Trendy. Park, Too trendy, 51 I would say. to 41. That's how they like, opened up their year last year. A loss last year to DJ. The revenge Derrick game. You're right. Double-digit exactly. loss. Fairy dust, guys. What do you think we're playing with fairy dust? That's going to take a while, right? That was, yeah. that was Joe's take Tom a while. Herman right. impression, that, by the well, way. Well, he better step up this year. Ellinger gets to start. I'm all in with Texas's defense. Now, you look at Maryland last year. They allowed 190 rushing yards per game. They allowed seven of their 13 opponents to rush for over 200, guys. They lost all seven of those games and lost those seven games by 28.7 points per game. I like the physicality on the offensive-defensive lines for Texas. Ellinger will be able to make plays on the perimeter. And Texas's defense held opposing offenses last year to only 27% on third downs. I'm going in with the Longhorns in a big revenge spot here on the road. I got a number for you, Joe. Uh, Texas, last Mm -hmm. six games against Big Ten opponents, 
one and five against the spread. Is Maryland a Big Ten opponent? Though? Yes, they are. Are they? Uh, and they after today, technically, yeah. technically, they're like after Rutgers. Today, technically, one and six against wow. the spread. Wow, I know. I like Maryland to be really? in this game. Yeah, I do I for like sixty them. minutes. One of my best bets. Herman's of the big weekend. best bet. Like you, you talk know, best uh, bet. Listen, this as a dog, was, right? This was a an eight or nine, nine and a half point game yeah. until the scandal with DJ Durkin. I like the talent of Maryland. They put up fifty one on Texas in last year's opener and didn't have. A quarterback healthy. Now they have Kasim Hill. Now they have Terrell Pigrome. They have Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. Ty Johnson in the backfield. They have their entire offensive line back. Defensive line. Joe is going to be on Texas no matter what happens. I got to go with the more physical <laughs> Defensive line. You've got Jesse Annabonum was out. Their sack leader from 2016. Out all of last year. He's back. Byron Cowart, the former five-star recruit of Auburn. Had a great offseason. I think people are underestimating Maryland. Because of the situation with DJ Durkin, pound for pound, personnel, just personnel, I think this is about a seven or a seven and a half point spread. The game is in Maryland. Yes. Right? Game is in yep. the state. Field, neutral field. Yeah. So, yeah, They'll be wearing field, like uh, Oregon Texas type. They always problem. lose our neutral field. I think Maryland is in this throughout. I think it's a four quarter game. I love getting the I've 13, mostly agreed with Rich throughout the program, but now I'm on Team Joe. <laughs> I'm on Team Joe. I think Texas and Herman have been frothing, man. All summer long, double-digit loss last year. You don't think it burns him? He's a competitive guy. You know it kills him that he lost that game, his first game yeah. like that to, to Maryland. I think it's too much to overcome, and I wonder when when it starts to get hot and it's a little muggy midway through the third quarter and these kids on Texas are wearing on, on, on the Terps and the Terps are thinking, these son of a bitches, they killed my friend. These guys, they don't care about us, this damn school. I, I really got to wonder uh, about this. How how far are they going to dig down deep? It's they're going to they're going to play for themselves, and I get it. And they're going to they're going to play for McNair, and you know they're going to be the, the players will be a, a unit here. But I I I I think it's too much to overcome here. I, I really do. Here's what I look at too: twenty eight percent for Maryland's offense on third down conversions. They only pass for one hundred and sixty one yards per game. I know Ellinger wasn't elite. But he still completed 57% of his passes, 1,900 If Texas yards, gets good quarterback play. seven yeah. interceptions. What about the wide receivers? I mean, yeah, I, I Colin do like Johnson matching up against big, that secondary. physical I mean, wide that's receivers. the matchup I look at. And let's just say Ellinger struggles early. He can always go to Shane Bouchel, who dominated that bowl win over Missouri. That's why I like Texas here. And, again, they're playing with house money. This is the defense, let's be honest. House the, money? They have to win this game. Yeah, they're but not again, playing with house money. But, but they're, they're a 13-point favorite. How is that house but, money? Yeah, but That's pressure. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. There's a Louisville is playing with house money. Texas is not playing with house money. House money. Not from loses his game. He's going to want to go back to the strip club. Here's the thing. A lot of pressure and negativity surrounding Maryland. Texas is under the radar at this point. Nobody's expecting only thing them. that worries me, Joe, about Texas. The only thing Texas to win the. Big I'm the only one that. The only him. thing no, that worries no, me, guys. Your boy Steele had him pick. Uh, no for way. The, did, did Phil Steele pick him for the? He big has 12. the only thing that worries teams. me about yeah. Texas here. He didn't pick him for the Big Twelve, though. He has. Don't worry home. about Phil Steele. Come the on. only thing that worries me about Texas is. Are they going to come in here thinking, you know what, all the hype, we got USC in two weeks. To me, that's they the big one. They to win this game. They're going to win this football game. They'll take care of business against Tulsa. And then the you Tom can't. Herman signature win is they beat the USC Trojans in two weeks. They need to win that Fear game. the turtle. We'll see. We're Fear just the... getting started. We're, Turtles we're are slow. We're up in hour number two. Keep it where it is.